morning. Welcome to the first part of a series called Upgrade. And what we're going to be talking about in this series is how we can take our wisdom, which is flawed, although we don't always realize that, and trade it for perfect wisdom that comes from God. Now, I have made some really boneheaded decisions in my life. Anybody want to join me? Anybody want to say, yeah, I have too. And here's the thing about making really bad decisions. Usually while we're making them, we believe with all of our heart and the best of our intentions that we're doing the right thing, right? We think, well, this is perfect. This is what I need to do. This is the thing I need to buy or the person I need to date or the place I need to go or the job I need to take. But then we find out when we look back and we think, what was I thinking? How in the world did I get here? And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some specific scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about God's wisdom, because that's what we need in order to make better decisions. If you want to make better decisions and regret less in life, then we'll rely more on God's wisdom and less on ours. I mean, that's what we want to do in life, right, is is minimize regret, You can't get through life regret-free, but you can minimize it. And a great way to do that is say, I want to get rid of the wisdom I think is so perfect that I have. And I want to take God's wisdom. We're going to be looking at this primarily through the teachings of an Old Testament character named Solomon. Solomon was a king. Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs in the book of Proverbs that we're going to be looking at. Solomon was the son of King David. If you think of, in the Bible, you can read about this little shepherd boy named David who killed Goliath, who, who, who became king, and he had a son, and his son's name was Solomon. And Solomon was declared by God to be the wisest man who ever lived. And the way he got that wisdom, this, this is earth-shattering, the way he got the wisdom from God, he asked for it. He just asked for it. God, give me wisdom. And so somebody that asked God for wisdom and then is declared by God to be the wisest man who ever lived, we should probably listen to what he has to say about wisdom. And so we're going to do through several different stories that he tells, some things that he declares about wisdom through the book of Proverbs. So there's a Bible coming down the aisle right now. If you want one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one. It's yours to keep. If you're here for the first time, please take one of those. If you need an extra Bible or if you'd just like to have one for the first time, please grab one. It is yours to keep. If you want to just borrow it and read along as I, as I read, you can do that as well and leave it in the back on the way out. So Solomon tells us how to make this upgrade, how to make this switch from using our wisdom to try to do everything to relying on God's wisdom. Now, now, this is profound, what he said. You gotta, you, if you've got a pen and you've got notes in your program, get ready to write this down. He says, this is, this is how. This is how you find wisdom. This is where it comes from. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7. Now, don't put it up there yet. But he says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Now, if the wisest man is in all the world says, here's the beginning of wisdom, then we should listen. We should listen and consider what he has to say. So here's the wisest man, according to God, who ever lived, saying about wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. It's not rocket science. Get wisdom. 
Though it costs all you have, get understanding. So Solomon is saying, wisdom is so important and it's so vital to the life that God has for you. It does not matter what it costs. It does not matter what you have to pay. It doesn't matter if people think you're stupid. It doesn't matter if people think you're completely out of your mind. If it costs every penny, every material thing that you have, whatever sacrifice you have to make, he says, get wisdom and get understanding. Because getting wisdom and getting understanding will lead us to a life that minimizes regret, but also maximizes the full life. Jesus talked about the reason he came was to have it so we could live a full life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, he just finished talking about what the evil one wants to do to us. And he says, but I'm different. And he says this, I've come to give life and give it to the full. I've come that they may have life and they may have it fully. So we are promised by Jesus this full life. Jesus is saying to all of us, I want to upgrade your life. I want to give you a a full life, a life that's not, not filled where you got to not filled with regrets behind you that you feel like you're still carrying on your back. But I want to give you this full life where you can live in the grace and forgiveness that I have to offer you. So Jesus is saying, that's what I want you to have. So based on what Solomon said and what Jesus just said, our wisdom equals the, the wisdom we use equals the direction we're going in and it equals a full life. So write that down. A lot of what I'm talking about over the next few weeks comes from a, a really great book by an author named Andy Stanley. I recommend getting it. It goes into a bunch of different directions we're not going to talk about in this series, but it's called The Principle of the Path. And basically it's talking about how to walk through life with wisdom and how to get where you want to be or where you should be. So write that down, go to Amazon, pick it up. It's definitely worth the read. Sabine Maru is a 67 year old Belgian woman who put an address under her GPS a couple of weeks ago and intended with all of her heart to go 93 miles into Germany and pick up a friend at a train station. Y'all saw the news report, didn't you? She went 900 miles off course, 900 miles. And she only realized she was lost when she saw the sign for Croatia. If you know anything about the map, that's a long way driving southeast. And she just kept driving 900 miles off course. Even though she thought, I'm just going 93 miles, pick up my friend, we'll go back home. Like, what was she thinking? Like, wow, this is taking a long time. They asked her, what, what were you doing? Didn't you think it was taking a long time? She said, well, I, I got sleepy, so I took a nap, and, and I just got distracted with the radio and stuff and thinking, and then I looked up and saw Croatia and realized I was off course. <laughs> with all of her best intentions, with everything in her, she intended just to go 93 miles away. But the direction she was on took her 900 miles off course. So her intentions determined what her ultimate destination was. I mean, her direction determined what her ultimate destination was, even though her intention was to just go 93 miles. 
It was her direction that determined where she went. Now, now we have directions and destinations we would like to go in in our life. If you would like to have the destination of living a debt-free life, then there are certain things you do and there's certain things you don't do. If you would like to have deep spiritual relationships with other people and that and that the same thing with God, that's a destination. We have relational destinations that we think, okay, this is where I want to be relationally. And especially this time of year, we have a lot of physical destinations we would like to accomplish, like body, physical, like to thin down, lose some weight, eat a little bit better, be healthier. But see, you can have the best of intentions just like Sabine did. But if your direction is off, you'll never reach your destination. And that's where wisdom comes in. So there are several wisdom principles that we're going to share through this series. And here's the first one. My direction, not my intention, determines my destination. My direction, and then insert, not my intention, determines my destination. Now, Jesus alluded to this principle in a story that we read about in the book of Luke, chapter 9. People were starting to follow Jesus, following him. More and more people were following him. And one day, this guy comes up to him and says, in in Luke 9, verse 57, I will follow you wherever you go. So this guy voices his intentions, which are, Jesus, I want to follow you wherever you, want it, wherever you go. And then another guy comes up and says the same thing. I'm, I want to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus started saying, hey, you follow me. Now you follow me. And everybody had the best of intentions that day to follow Jesus wherever he was going to go. Now he told him, look, are you sure that you want your destination to be following me? Is that what you want? Because I don't even have a place to live. I don't have any money. Are you sure? And then people kind of start backpedaling. It's like, well, I I do want to follow you, but I've got some stuff to take care of back home. And what he says is, let me go bury my father. And what that meant was, my dad's not dead yet. Let me go wait till he dies. Then I'll come follow you. So he wanted his destination to be with Jesus. That was his intention. But his direction was, well, let me go this way for a little while. And that was his wisdom talking. So our wisdom says, I intend. God's wisdom says, set the direction and boldly follow it. So Jesus replied to these people. He said, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That sounds harsh. That sounds really harsh. But what Jesus is trying to say, he's speaking to people who understand, who live in a farming culture. And so he's painting the picture of what a farmer does when he, when he plows the field. Because they didn't have any technology to figure out how to plant and when to plant and all that. They just had to use nature. When it came time to plow the field and do the rows, the way they kept the rows straight was they would put a pole at one end. And they would get the ox and they would get the plow and they would stare at the pole and they would just go. And as long as they were staring at the pole, the line was straight. But if they started getting distracted and started looking around, then, you know, the the line for the corn or whatever they were planting would just went all over the place and they were not able to maximize the field. 
They were not able to maximize their crop. So Jesus is saying, it's like that. You, you're, like, you're like a farmer that puts his hand to the plow and then starts looking around. So you're not fit. You're not fit to be a farmer if you can't stay focused and take care of the fields the way that maximizes crop growth. So he's saying, if you want to be a follower of me, you have to understand, if you want your destination to be me, you've got to be focused on that. You've got to be going in that direction for that destination. That farmer, can in, he can intend, his intention can be, I want to have a straight row. But if he's looking around, that's what determines. If he goes in this direction and in that direction and off in this direction, that determines the ultimate destination, not the fact that he intended to do the best, not the fact that he intended to do the right thing. And Jesus said, so if that's you, these people that were saying, I'll go follow you, he's saying, you're not fit for service in the kingdom. Another way to say that is you're not well-placed. You're out of place. So Jesus could have just as easily said, nobody who puts his hand to the plow and looks around is well-placed as a farmer. And he's saying, no one who says, I want to follow you. I'll do whatever you say. And then starts looking around for other ways to have a full life is going to fit well in the kingdom of God. See, the choices that we make, they determine our destination. And you might hear, like our culture is so popular, we're saying, as long as you try hard, as long as you have good, as long as your heart's in the right place, you're going to end up in the right place. That's wrong. That won't work. Just doing it with all of your, you could be doing the wrong thing with all of your heart. It's still the wrong thing. And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate. So Jesus knows that in spite of our good intentions, it's our direction that determines our ultimate destination. So throughout this series, I want to share with you a few things that King Solomon has to say about our direction. So today I just want to go through an episode in Solomon's life that comes from Proverbs chapter 7 where He's, he's, he, it could be autobiographical because Solomon made a lot of mistakes or it could be just something that he observed. You can't really tell when you're reading it. It could be legitimately one or the other. But the same is still true and the application is still true as you see as we read through this story. So Solomon starts this story talking about a young man and this is how he begins it in Proverbs 7 verse 6. At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice I saw among the simple, I noticed, among, I noticed a young man, a youth who lacked judgment. So he's saying, I looked out the window and I saw a kid who lacked judgment. Well, how does he know the kid lacked judgment? Because all kids lack judgment, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive kids, but you just haven't lived long enough because it takes life and experience to get judgment. You don't come out of the womb with good judgment. You don't go through elementary school with good judgment. You don't go through middle and high school with good judgment. In fact, in the book for parents only, the author cites this study that says the frontal lobe of the brain, which is what where reasoning comes from, doesn't fully develop until your mid-20s. So that's, I mean, kids do stupid things. 
young kids do stupid things. So Solomon is just stating a fact. Here's a youth who lacked judgment. And so he starts to tell the story about this one kid that he's watching, that he's looking at. And he says in verse 8, He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. At twilight, as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in, then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent. She's loud and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner, she lurks. You see where this is headed, right? You see where this story is going. Solomon is telling this story. One, he knows a thing or two about women. He made some huge mistakes in that area. But he's talking about this kid who's, who's just going out, who lacks judgment. And then here's this experienced, older woman who kind of looks like a prostitute. And the kid is thinking, this woman's hot. This woman likes me. This woman wants, want, oh, wow, she's lurking. She's waiting on me. He thinks he has walked into the greatest experience of his life. He's looking around thinking, are any of my friends watching? This is awesome. I got to take notes. I got to, man, if he would have had a phone and, and Facebook, it would have been all over the place. He was excited. He had to be thinking this woman is great and she's experienced and she's paying attention to me. And Solomon has got to be thinking, oh, kid, you're walking straight into a trap. But the kid doesn't know it because he lacks judgment. Solomon knows where the road goes and he knows the mess that's getting ready to happen. So if, if you're a teenager, young kid, and, and, and your parents try to tell you something to do, remember, they've probably walked the road. I mean, I try to tell my kids, look, I've been around the block more times than the ice cream truck. So when it comes, when it comes to issues, I, I can really help you. So kids, listen to your parents because they have judgment because they've lived longer than you. And I know you're probably thinking, you're saying they have judgment. Have you seen what they wear? Have you seen how they fix their hair? Don't look at that. They have good judgment because they've just lived longer than you. So this young man couldn't see it coming, but Solomon could. So he goes on in the story. She took hold of him and kissed him with a brazen face and said, I have fellowship offerings at home. Today, I fulfilled my vows. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and I found you. Now that, all that doesn't mean a lot to us today, but that was like, that was like pre-first century pickup lines. Like she was saying, I have fellowship offerings at home. She's saying, I have money. I'm not looking for sex for money. I'm just looking to have some fun. And on top of looking to have some fun, I have already fulfilled my vows. What she means by that is I've already been off to the temple and I've asked God to forgive me and I emptied all of my sins on the altar and now I have an empty bucket and I want to fill it up with you. That's what she's saying. I mean, it, we're not that far removed from that. If you, if you grew up Catholic or you just recently been Catholic, what, what do Catholics do? Catholics go to see the priest. And they get absolved of their sins and the guilt is gone. So guess what? Now you got an empty bucket so you can go out and fill it up and then you can go back later. Now, Protestants, the rest of us aren't that different. We just don't have the priest in the picture. 
We just go before God. God, please forgive me. I will never do this again. I'll change. It won't happen. And then you feel clean. And because the pastor says, when you ask for forgiveness, you get it. And, and, and you're clean, you, just like you never sinned. And now it's like, now I'm going to go out and mess things up again. Like, God, I'll be back in a week, but I got some fun to have. So it's, it's really not that different. So that's what she had done. I have money. My sin bucket is empty. And I'm getting ready to have some fun. So she goes on. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home until full moon. With persuasive words, she led him astray and she seduced him with her smooth talk. Yeah, that's in the Bible. You wish you would have taken one now when they come down. It's like... I did not know that was in there. What page is that? I mean, it's full of really good stuff. So this woman is seducing this young man. She prepared and he thinks he's got, he thinks he's chosen. He's getting ready to have the fun of his lifetime. He thinks he's special. He thinks, wow, she picked me. And she pulled him down a path that really wasn't as special as he thought. Listen to what Solomon says. All at once he followed her like an ox going to slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till the arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she's brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave leading to the chambers of death. Solomon, in a very poetic way, is saying, this is not special. He's trying to tell the kid, you think it is, but it's not. She is taking you down a path that you don't want to go down. You're like an ox being led to the slaughter. And, and he's probably thinking, if you could talk to him, but this just feels so right. You don't understand. I'm not good with the ladies. And this woman, she wants me. And you don't understand. This just feels so right. And I think we're in love. I really do. I, I think she loves me and, and I love her. And, you know, as humans, we have demonstrated over and over again that what seems right to us is not a real good indicator of what is right. What feels right and feels like we should do is not a real good indicator as what is the best decision and what's the wise thing to do. In fact, Solomon addressed that in a few chapters later in chapter 14, verse 12, when he said, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end leads to death. So is it possible to believe with all of your heart you're going in the right direction, but you're not? It is. It's possible to believe this is the way I'm supposed to go. This is what God wants for me. This is what I want for me. It's got to be right. All the stars have aligned and it's perfect. But then it'd be the wrong decision that leads you down a road away from your destination. See, your decisions determine your destination, not, not, not your intentions. See, God's wisdom, here's why we need to trade our wisdom for God, for God's. Our wisdom tends to focus on the here and now, right now, like today, like in the moment. God's wisdom focuses more on where you're headed than what you're doing. And it's a really wise thing to get that internalize that. 
See, when I focus on the here and now, I can find myself like that young man being seduced. Maybe not by a, a loose woman, but by, by career choices and by purchases and by other relationship choices. When I focus on the destination, where I'm going, then it influences my daily decision. See, your destination may be this. I want a happy marriage. Maybe that's your destination. So then that should influence the daily decisions that you make. Your destination, if you're not married yet, may be, I want to get to marriage pure. To where on the wedding night, what is so special is our innocence, not our experience. If you want that, if that is your destination, that should influence how you act in a dating relationship. It should influence the fact that you don't practice sex before you get married. If you say, I want to live, we want our family to live debt free. And that's your destination. Debt free is the destination. That's the pole at the end of the field. Then that should determine how you make decisions when you're standing on the car lot. When you're at the furniture store, when you're at the mall, that should determine how you make decisions today. Because if you just focus on today, well then, hey, it's only 24 months, no interest. What's a big deal? It's a couch. It's only this much per month. It's only that much per month if you just focus on today. But if you look at the destination of, hey, we want to live not saddled by debt. We want to live in a way where we're free financially, not burdened financially. Well, then that determines, if you look at the destination, how you live today. See, my wisdom looks at today and says, go for it. God's wisdom looks at the destination and says, go for it. See, we're both saying, let's go for it. But God is saying, go for the destination. Don't don't just go for today. Don't just go for how you feel See, my intention is never to look back. It's, it's, to, it's to put my hands on the plow, look at the pole at the end of the field and say, okay, I want to have a good marriage, so here I go. And not start looking around saying, she's cute, I think I'll flirt a little bit. <laughs> and oh, he's so easy to talk to, and I just like talking to him. That's all we're doing is just talking. And then that your eyes get off of your intention of having a healthy marriage and before you know it your destination is where you never wanted to go and that applies to money it applies to relationships it applies to our relationship with god everybody would say i want to have a deep meaningful relationship with god I want to know who Jesus is. I want him to be relevant in my daily life. That's the pole at the end of the field. So here I go. I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to read my Bible. But there's a lot more stuff on the news that's interesting. So I'm going to watch that. There's a lot more interesting in the newspaper. If anybody ever reads one now. uh, That I'm going to do that instead. And then you're off course. And you may say, I want to grow spiritually. I want to get, like Rob was talking about last week. From this step to that step. I want to get deeper in a relationship with God. So there's the pole. That's where I want to go. But I don't have time to get in a group that's going to help me grow. I don't have time to spend an evening a week sitting around a coffee table at somebody's house. It sounds lame. But I want to grow spiritually. That's your intention. But that your intention will not get you to that destination. Your direction will. 
And people whose direction is to grow spiritually make decisions on a day-to-day basis that get them there. Your intentions won't. We're promised a full life by Jesus. But it's something we have to decide and we have to receive. See, if if you want to be headed towards the full life, if you want that to be the pole at the end of the field, that determines how you act today. And the younger you get this, oh my gosh, the better. You might be thinking, I wish I'd have thought of that 20 years ago. Or just last year. I wish somebody would have told me last year. Or just three months ago. I wish I would have known. So what if my wisdom, what if you're sitting here today and your wisdom got you where you don't want to be? It got you to a place where you're, you're, you stop focusing on the destination, you just focus on your intentions, and you're way off track relationally, you're way off track sexually, you're way off track financially, you're way off track spiritually, and you just got yourself in a place where you never thought you'd be and you never wanted to be. Well, because of Christ, you can back up. You, you can kind of back it up and reorient yourself and start walking in the right direction. Jesus called that, and this is a real churchy word. You don't really hear it much in church, and usually people yell it when they say it. It's repentance. That's what repentance is. It just means to turn and walk in a new direction. So if your intentions have got you going towards a destination where you don't want to go, or if you've already arrived at that destination thinking, oh my gosh, I'm 900 miles off course and I'm in Croatia. What am I going to do? She turned around and got right back on track. It took a while. There were some consequences to pay and she lost some time in the middle, but she got back on track. You can do the same thing. Even if you think, oh my gosh, I've blown it over and over again. My wisdom's got me in so much trouble. You can back up. You can repent, which just literally means to turn and walk in a new direction. That's all it means. And you can say, okay, now I want to reorient myself And I want to go in this direction and the direction where I want to end up 10 years from now, five years from now, at the end of the semester, whatever, the direction where I want to end up is going to influence the daily decisions that I make. When you start doing that, you are trading your wisdom for God's wisdom, because if there is no Jesus, there's really no upgrade at all. So claiming and And receiving his full life is the first step in, okay, how am I going to get wisdom? Well, I need to step into a relationship with Christ so I can enjoy the full life that he promises. So this week, think on this. As you make decisions relationally and financially and spiritually and vocationally, think about how your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. And God's wisdom is the only way to get to the destination where Jesus wants us to be. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about how how do I draw boundaries and make decisions so I make sure that I stay on the path that gets me to the destination where God wants me to be. So please come back and hear that. And think about this week, your direction, not your intention, determines your destination. Let's pray. God, thank you for... These wise words from Solomon, story of this young man who went down the wrong path in spite of what his intentions may have been. God, help us to stay focused on that pole at the end of the field, whatever that is in our lives. 
and rely on your wisdom and not ours. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.